So excited to be with you here this morning and continuing this series we've called All In. We're, we're looking at the book of Acts, and so if you have a Bible this morning, let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read the central passage of this series once again to see what exactly the life of the first Christians was like, what they committed themselves to, what they became known for. But this morning what I want to do before reading that, as you turn there, is I want to read it in light of something Jesus spoke over his people before he ascended into heaven. And this is from Acts chapter 1, just a few scenes earlier in the story, where he says to them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And this is exactly what happens. The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit does bring power and, and his people do become witnesses to Jesus, not just in the city where this all started in Jerusalem, but to the extending regions, to the extending countries, overseas, and to the ends of the earth, to the point where it got to us. And with that in mind, with the activity of God in mind, let's read the position they put themselves in, in Acts 2, starting in verse 42, where it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let's pause one more time and commit this time to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for the privilege it is to gather together, to hear from you. And I ask that that is what would happen this morning. That I would hear from you. That we together would hear from you. And we're grateful you're in our midst. We're grateful you're here with us. So help us to listen. Help us to listen and to respond to your voice. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if as we've been going through this series, I don't know how many you know, times you've, you've been around for the installments of this and, and read this passage with us or were aware of it. And I've kind of been thinking about all of what's going on here, all the things we see, the mighty acts of God, awe coming upon every soul. You know, they're praising God. God's adding to their number of people being saved and, and transformed. And it seems like the, the church becomes way more than just the sum of its start. It becomes a movement. And as I think about all of that, I wonder if there's a, there's a part of us, because there's a part in me that goes, is that for us today? 
Like, could this happen for us today? Like, like maybe you, you read all the excitement and the amazing stuff that happens in, in a place like this from the, from the early church in Acts, and you're thinking, you know, I don't really see a ton of that. I don't know if that's possible. You know, maybe I hear stories from around the world. I know a few missionaries, and maybe they've told me some stuff of some place at some particular time. Maybe I follow a certain pastor online, and I see, like, stuff is happening at their church to some degree. But when it comes to North America... I don't know if that's us. That's not us. Or maybe you're thinking, ah, the church in Canada, that's not us. Or maybe you're looking at all around, even in our city, and you're going, Abbotsford, that's not us. But I wonder if this morning we could explore the possibility that maybe God wants to change our minds on this. To push back on this perspective, if we have it, to instead say something else. To not say, not us, but to instead say, why not us? And I think as we've been going throughout these, these weeks in, in the book of Acts, and as, as we're seeing all what's God doing, and as I'm talking to, to, to you and, and seeing what God is stirring up in us, I think I'm reminded of a few key things that might move us from saying, not us, to instead being convicted of, confident in, and saying, why not us? Why not now? The first big reminder that I see is that God's power has not diminished. It's not as if God had some sort of fuel tank of power and he used a lot of it up, you know, way back when here in, in this part of the story in history. Just to kind of get things going. And then he looked ahead and went, okay, well, I know history is going to play out over this certain amount of time, and so I'm going to ration, you know, my, my, my power reserves and, and just wait to give that last push when Jesus comes back so I can restore all things, make all things right and new. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we're thinking about. No, that's not how God's power works. It's not as if he's weak. It's not as if he's pulled back. It's not as if he's changed somehow. When Jesus says you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's the same God who's saying that to us today. And this has always been the story. Look at how the writer to the Hebrews puts it. In Hebrews chapter 2, we're told, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, he's pointing to a former time, but then looking ahead, saying, How shall we escape? If we neglect such a great salvation, it was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Is this the same God who, who we sing about this morning? The way maker? Is this the same spirit who, who empowers us today? Yes, it is. God's power has not diminished. God is not weak. And I wonder if we've kind of come to the place where we think maybe his power has disappeared. You know, we wouldn't say it out loud. We wouldn't surely admit it in this room. But lying awake in our bed at night, we, we wonder... See, I wonder what would happen if, if we changed our, our, our mind about this. And then we looked at, you know, the difficulties we face. Maybe the inconveniences that are in your life right now. The problems you have. Maybe even the impossibilities that seem to be present. 
and reminded ourselves that if you are a follower of Jesus right now, if you are a believer in Jesus, you actually already are trusting in God for the biggest possible miracle. Resurrection. You're banking your life on a guy being raised from the dead who then claimed to be the Son of God and actually proved it. That's what you're already doing. So by comparison, if you're already trusting him for the biggest possible miracle, why not trust him for things that are much smaller in comparison? It's like, well, I, I believe uh, that, that Jesus is going to raise me from the dead someday, but I'm not sure he can give me wisdom for this conversation I gotta go have this week at my job. Well, I'm banking on him, you know, taking my decaying body from the ground out into a transformed new spiritual body someday. That's my hope. But I, I don't know if he can really do anything about my friend's health. If we're already trusting him for the biggest possible miracle, why would we not trust him for things that are actually smaller in comparison? And look, I'm not up here today as if God needs some better PR, like, uh, like you know, his marketing plan wasn't very good about this. This, is, this has been the story. This is what he tells us. Look at it from another place. In Ephesians chapter 3, we're at the end of this prayer of the Apostle Paul prays that God speaks into our story today with, it says, Now to him, to you, God, who is able, who is able to do what? Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. How? According to his power that is at work within us. No wonder that it says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Oh, I thought his power was according to me having the right words when I prayed. Well, I thought his power was me kind of getting all my stuff figured out from my past. You know, that shame I have, that harm I have, that trauma I have. I thought his power was, once all that kind of got resolved, then maybe I could open myself up to the possibility that signs, wonders, awe, multiplication of God bringing new people to faith. Maybe then that's right. No. According to his power that's at work within us. The same Holy Spirit. And I've seen this. Look, some of the, three of the biggest miracles I have ever seen have taken place in this building. So those stairs right over there, kind of where you guys are sitting. Uh, somebody's knee, really badly injured, couldn't walk one day, came to church uh, after service. We're talking about, you know, getting prayed for. Uh, a group of youth leaders surround this person. Their knee is healed right on those stairs. God shows up. Right here, this little square I'm pointing at on the floor here. After service prayer, again, somebody comes up with this need. There, there's this health problem, and it's not represented in the room because they're coming on behalf of a family member. Family member who's too ill to make it to church. They've got a bunch of complex difficulties, and they're just at home. But they come, and, and they ask for prayer right here, right at this space right there. And it's like, hey, let's pray for them. They're not here, but we believe God is the same God he said he was. And let's just ask. And as we're asking simultaneously... Where this person is at home, God shows up and works and heals. And we get this text message. It's like, what's going on over there? It's like, well, we prayed at that same time. Through this wall over here in the cafe, somebody who had, who had been wrestling for years with a problem. 
a physical problem that just nothing was happening. Prayed for. Situation reverses miraculously. And for that particular one, I, w- I didn't even pray. I, w- I showed up to that particular moment tired with a really bad attitude, actually. But fortunately, it wasn't according to Jesse's attitude. It was according to God's power at work within us. And maybe you're like, well, that's, that, all that stuff is extraordinary. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. You're right, it is extraordinary, but it's not just about the extraordinary. Think about the story of grace in your life. The forgiveness you've received from God, the life that you live now as a result of him transforming you, changing who you were into who you are now. Stories I've become aware of in the last few weeks of people who've been, you know, shackled by some sort of addiction that they came to the Lord, they came in community, they prayed, they they experienced freedom from it and are now walking in freedom years later. A restlessness where it's like, I, I had no contentedness, I had no peace, I met Jesus and now I have joy and peace that I cannot explain. God's power has not diminished. And if we've got an expectation of our God that is great, like if our expectations of God are, are great, we are going to pray some big prayers. So I wonder how big are the, the prayers that are represented in this room? How big are your prayers? Well, you say, actually, uh, Jesse, my prayers have been big. I've actually got a prayer right now that's very big, and I've been praying for it for a while. I'm not seeing anything. I'm holding it up to God. Nothing is going on. And we don't want to overlook that this morning. We don't want to ignore that this morning. And especially we don't think that God is overlooking or ignoring that because he cares and wants to carry you in that. And I get it because I'm actually right there with you. I've got things I am asking for that I haven't seen any change in yet. But I think alongside that, maybe what we need to realize is, yeah, maybe something's not happening right here yet, the way we thought or asked or imagined but what else is God doing around all of that? Not too long ago, just back in 2018, uh, my wife went through this, this serious health emergency. There was just some strange symptoms which, which went from strange to bad, and from bad to worse, and then from worse to complex, and from complex to ongoing. And it's like, man, we've got this really big request. We've got this really big thing we're asking God for, and it's just not really panning out the way we thought it would. And in fact, over the weeks and the months that followed, it seemed like actually the opposite was happening of what we were asking a powerful God for. What was going on there? And to complicate matters, we had a newborn with us right at the same time, right around the surrounding situation, just weeks old. And I remember we, we had this night of, of worship and prayer as a youth team. My wife and kids were at home, and I, I came to it, and, and, our, and I was telling our youth team, yeah, you, you guys need to pray for us, like pray for this whole health thing. So they did that. But then I was like, also, hey, could you also just pray for rest for us? Because, like, even without the whole health stuff, I'd be asking for rest, but now how much more so am I asking for rest? And so they surround me. They're, they're praying over me. I go home, and, 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 I, and I manage to go to, go to bed. And when I, when I wake up next, I realize the entire night had passed without interruption. And if, you're, if you know anything about newborns, you know that's already a miracle, right? Or any kid under five, probably. I'm hoping when I get to five, it's not so miraculous. But I looked at that one. It wasn't like he was trending that way. It wasn't like, you know, you know he had already been doing that. And now he slept through the night for the first time. 
at seven weeks old. And I'm like, our first kid, it took him like a year for this. Why didn't we pray for this way back when? But look, one thing wasn't happening the way we thought. And it took months for us to discover exactly, you know, what was going on. Even when we didn't feel it, God was working. Even when we didn't see it, God was working. But, and, and although that was, that was tough to try to figure out, alongside that, something else was happening. And God was showing up reminding us, hey, I know what you're asking for right here may not be happening the way you thought it was, but look, I'm still showing up in power because my power has not diminished. So how big of things are you asking God for today? Because look, if we live as if we believe God is not powerful, why would we expect anybody else to believe he is? Like if you're living life as if, no, God doesn't really have power, well then should we expect that anybody else would think he's powerful who watches us? No. But fortunately that's not the case. His power is not diminished. A second big reminder for me, and it's going to sound simple, but, but drilling it down, it's been really stirring me, is that Christianity is bigger than me. That God's kingdom, God's church is about a people, not just an individual like you or I. In our home, we just uh, moved our, our two boys. One's almost four, one is now two. And we've moved them into the same bedroom. Uh, so, you know, that's where they are, at, you know, for, for sleep time. Um, it actually kind of undid the previous miracle I just told you about with sleep. Um, so that was weird. Even though after we had prayed, it was like that pattern had carried on and on and on. And we just had rest for a long, long time. And now it's like, what have we done? Maybe we, maybe we should pray about that. But, but, you know, it was like, what's going on here? And we have to, we have to kind of tell our oldest, hey, you know, uh, you're going to have to make some room. Because this room no longer revolves around just you and your needs, and your schedule, and your preferences, uh, because now this room is actually, it's more than just you in here. And he's discovering, you know, this life lesson that, you know, this family doesn't revolve around you, this room doesn't revolve around you, you know. And I think that's a good reminder for me. That Christianity, that the church, at Central Heights doesn't revolve around me. And it shouldn't revolve around me. It should revolve around Jesus for sure. But when I make it, you know, as big as I am, if I, don't, if I forget this, what happens is I can, I can tend to project my preferences and actually totally miss God's purposes in the process. And it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, this, this, what we see in Acts, it didn't stay small very long. It wasn't like, you know, these, these people are like, you know, it's just, this, this is nice. You know, we, we've, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus has saved us. You know, let's, let's, gather, let's gather weekly as a group, uh, the this, this smaller group of us, and, you know, we'll, we'll share some meals in our homes, and that, that'll be kind of it, right? No, the Lord adds to their number. Like, exponentially adds to their number. Like, look, just before the, the passage we've read in Acts chapter 2, read what happens here. Peter is preaching. And he says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. So he's addressing this crowd. Turn from your ways and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe just that alone for you today is what you need to hear from God. You're here exploring faith or Christianity or not too sure what, what our good news is. Well, turn from your way of living Turn to Jesus, put your trust in him to rescue your life and rule your life. And guess what? You're going to receive the gift of the Spirit. Why? Well, look, keep reading. The promise is for you. 
and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness. He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And what happens? So those who received his word were baptized, and they were at that day about 3,000 souls. Like, talk about a church growth strategy right there. 3,000. 3,000 souls. And if you you follow the story from here on out, you you realize we get to Acts chapter 4, and it's like, wow, now they're at 5,000. You get to Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 12, and we read that this is happening. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. So, you know, they didn't just stay to themselves. They're they're going places. They're they're preaching the the, the word about Jesus. And God is showing up and, and acting in the position they're putting themselves in. And look what it says. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Like, could you imagine if this would have happened if they had just made it all about themselves and just kind of kept to themselves and didn't really do much and just sort of celebrated and enjoyed sort of a private faith together? No, Christianity becomes way bigger than them. One more place, just further down in, in the story of Acts, in Acts chapter 10, listen to what this says. Again, it's Peter preaching to a crowd and he says, Uh, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, so from among the Jewish people who had come with Peter, were amazed. Why are they amazed? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. So something Jesus had told them that was sort of a concept and sort of a promise that, hey, this is going to start here. It's going to start small in this region with you people, but it's going to go to the ends of the earth. Now it's not just a concept. Now it's reality. People who weren't part of the Jewish faith, now the Holy Spirit is coming to them. And movement continues to happen. I wonder what would happen for us if, if we just took this and went, okay, I need to realize that my individual choices are going to are going to like affect our collective impact. The things I decide to do they'll have a, they'll have an influence on all of us. So what what are some things I need to do? Well, when I look at Acts, I go, okay, well maybe I should give some time and thought into how much am I being shaped by the word of God? Maybe I need to give some time and thought to how am I doing community life? Maybe I need to give some time and thought into, well, what's my, what are my prayers like? What am I asking God for? What am I imagining? Maybe I need to give some time and thought to, how do I give? How do I serve? How do I even praise God? Is it just sort of this private thing? Like we're seeing they're praising God and having favor with all the people. Is it sort of like just a subdued kind of like, I'll just kind of mumble lyrics as I see them going by until my favorite song comes on in the worship set? Maybe we need to give some thought to, you know, what, what are some decisions we need to make in light of all this? And, you know, maybe not just making them in our minds, but even writing them down as a way of just committing ourselves to that choice. And not just writing them down. Maybe you need to write them down and actually put them somewhere where people can see. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't know my sibling was working on that. That's cool. I'll pray for them in that. Oh, wow, mom and dad are doing that. That's, that's really interesting. I see they put that sticky note on the fridge that, that that's the thing that they're deciding to do and, and follow Jesus in right now. I'll tell you one of mine right now. So I've written down on a sticky note. 
watch how you joke. Partly because I'm a recovering sarcastic. <laughs> I'm process. And, you know, I think I've, I, if, if all the ways I've hurt people in my life, either intentionally or unintentionally, uh, it's been by how I've used humor. So that's part of the reason. But when I also recognize recently, you know, if, if, I, if I, the way I often approach and the way my mind works with jokes and humor is like, I, I just, I'm quick to speak, but I'm slow to listen. And when I'm slow to listen, I'm slow to understand. And when I'm slow to understand, I actually put a barrier up between myself and those I'm in relationship with. And to me, I think that's a problem when I see the type of fellowship and the type of community life the church seems to have. So just this simple choice for me is a choice to go, I, I think I can do better here, and I think God wants to help me in this, and I think that this will actually take me further to, to remind myself this whole thing doesn't revolve around me. Christianity's bigger than that. So maybe ask God today, you know, what might that be for you? Write it down, put it somewhere where it can be found. Maybe it's even just the writing down a name of somebody you want to pray for. And every time you see that thing, you're going to pray for them. Because this third reminder for me is so key, is that people still need Jesus. Not only has God's power not diminished, not only does this whole thing not revolve around me, and it's bigger than me, and God is building a church, but people still need Jesus. And that sounds like, a, a, like an obvious thing to say, but, but, I, but I wonder how seriously we take that. Like, do we just think, well, you know, Jesus, you know, if I, if I bring him up in, to, to somebody who doesn't know him, you know, it's, it's, is it just about Jesus coming to improve, you know, some way of their life? Just kind of this benefit that, you know, maybe they could experience if they just kind of came to church on the right Sunday or, or read the right, you know, verse of the day or, or kind of was in the right coffee shop with me and I had the right words on that particular moment just to kind of just improve their experience of life a little bit. This past weekend, we, we hosted, uh, over the last few days, the, the Canadian Youth Workers Conference here. And I had this really important job. My job was to make coffee for everybody. Very important, especially with all the youth workers, because you know, they were coming in like, oh, it's 8 a.m., it's so early. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, like, and, you know we're making this, this, this fuel for them. And, and what I brought with me was I brought uh, a Christmas gift I had got uh, called the Yeti Travel Mug. Now, the Yeti travel mug boasts that, you know, it can keep drinks at the temperature that they're inserted into the travel mug at that same temperature for a long, long time. And so, you know, I filled up my mug at one point yesterday, and I, you know, kind of got busy doing things. I ran into people. I'm kind of connecting with others, and I realized, oh, we got to, you know, troubleshoot this or clean up that and get ready for church on Sunday. And so, you know, hours goes by. I get home, and, and the Yeti's sitting on my counter, and I realized, oh, man, like seven hours has gone by and I haven't cracked this thing open and I, you know I could actually go uh, for a coffee right now and so I'm like I've been running this active experiment I'm going to go over it I'm going to crack it open and see what it's like I take a sip and I'm like it's still warm like the gospel of the Yeti is, is a real thing right and, and, and I was like wow this you know the coffee's not super fresh but it is super warm and that's enough for me right now like I'm going to re receive that and you know my wife's watching me drink it uh, at, the, at this point, I'm thinking in my head, man, she's really bad at keeping her coffee warm. Like, she's chasing kids around. I'm like, I'm finding, like, full mugs here and there. And I'm like, like in the microwave. I'm like, what is going on? You know, she needs a Yeti. Like, she needs a Yeti. But I'm like, oh, man, that's such a low-level need, <laughs> right? 
Such a low-level need. But I wonder, is that how I treat the gospel? Is that how I treat Jesus? Like he's sort of a low-level need for the people that don't know him, that don't come to church, that aren't in this room right now. Just kind of like, oh, you know, he, he might sort of improve your experience of life. When in reality, what he wants to do is actually completely transform your life. And I think for, for me, the urgency goes way up when I read what's actually being said here. It says, the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Not improved. Not made into better people. No, moved from death to life. The Bible describes this, this, this really bad news. It's news where we can't fix a problem we have, and the problem is that sin leads to death. But our good news is that we don't have to do anything. Jesus brings life, and people still need this life. And fortunately for us, we have a name to give. We have a name to offer. In Acts chapter 4, we, we read it put this way. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. People still need to know this. Because God is still reaching out for them. And if you're here today, he's reaching out for you. To save you. Not just to benefit your life in a low-level way. But to give you abundant life. When we look at this whole thing, this whole experience of, of the church becoming a movement, we see God, we see the message, we see the opportunity that they had. And it's as if all of what we see in the movement, in the power, in the miracles, in, in the Lord adding to their number, it's as if it was bound to happen, like unavoidable, inevitable. And then I look at us today and I go, same God, same message, same opportunity. Could it not be inevitable for us today? Why not? In some ways, I actually wonder if we're in a, actually even a more advantageous spot than the first church was. And you go, well, what do you mean by that? They, they, some of these guys actually saw Jesus, lived with Jesus himself. Yeah, you're right. But think what would happen if they had a building like a building we had. Think of what would happen if they had generations of people resting on the faithfulness of God, mentoring, discipling, shepherding one another. Think if they had some paid staff and a budget and a website and, and systems for growth and systems to get people connected, systems and programs for outreach. Think of what could have happened then for them. And I, and I wonder if we've made this mistake of going, all of that actually should be an advantage, but we're leaning on those things as if that's the power. It could be a, a huge advantage in addition to the power of God. And why not today? I wonder, with the same God, the same message, the same opportunity for our time now in 2020, if this whole thing, movement of God, revival from God, could be inevitable again. And so I want to pray for us this morning. Not just in a you know, handy way to transition from now to the next thing in our service, but in a very strategic and deliberate and specific way. See, in Acts chapter 4, this is exactly a pattern we see, a, a precedent we can build from. Where the believers pray for boldness. 
And they needed boldness because it was a dangerous message where they were. There was a hostility there in the atmosphere. And listen to how they pray, asking for boldness. Lord, look upon their threats. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through your name, the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And get this, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And so I want to pray for us today for boldness. Oh, it might be to have boldness to share our faith. And if that's where you're at, that is what we're going to pray for. But it might be boldness in a different direction. Boldness to leap forward, maybe in trusting God in a new way. Maybe that thing that hasn't been answered yet and you've kind of abandoned your trust, you've abandoned your prayers, you've abandoned your hope. Maybe it's a boldness that you need today to walk in courage and go, I'm going to trust again. Maybe that's the boldness that God can supply you with. Maybe it's boldness to leap forward and get into his word and know Jesus and follow Jesus better through, through understanding and immersing ourselves in scripture Maybe it's boldness to, to leap forward in our prayer life and pray some big prayers. Maybe it's boldness to think of our money in a different way to go, I actually am going to give in a bold, new, leap forward kind of way for right now. To enable ministry, to, to let God unleash his activity in that. Maybe it's boldness to, to serve and maybe you're seeing an opportunity going, that would be uncomfortable. So I need boldness to, to jump forward courageously and give of not just my time, but also my effort. Maybe it's boldness to say no to something harmful that's been in your life for far too long. And boldness to go, God, I'm done with this. This is emptying me. This is destroying me. I need the boldness from your spirit to say no to this after I leave this room. Whatever type of boldness it is, if, if, if God has been stirring in you this morning or over these weeks, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. And as just sort of a physical expression of your response, not to me, but your response to God, would you just do something physically different than you're doing right now? Maybe you want to open your hands. Maybe you want to kneel. Maybe you want to stand. Maybe you want to raise you know, your arms to the Lord as we pray for boldness in whatever it might be for you today, together. So let me pray for us. God, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're not weak. I thank you that you have power to change, to transform, to do miracles in our midst today. And for whatever needs are represented in this room right now, we ask that you would supply us by the power of your spirit with boldness to act on whatever it is you've put on our hearts. God, that there'd be a new motivation a new courage, 
a new perspective, a new strength, a new hope, a new trust, a new peace, a new joy, a new investment, a new commitment we make to you in boldness because we've put ourselves in a position right now to ask for your help and we know you love us and can help us. So I pray for every person who's in that space right now. That you'd move in our lives in a new way. Right now, today. We look back at your power and your faithfulness in the past. I know you're here with us in the present as we head towards a glorious future. Thank you for your love for us. Put our trust in you. For boldness today, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.